Of that's so random a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this evening, Ben. Hi, Mark. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Other than having to watch this movie twice. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um. So the first thing our, our movie to, for this episode is "I Didn't Come Here to Die" from 2010. Well. I'll come back to that date because I don't think that date is right. I think that's we don't really know. Yeah, but not when it came out because I had a lot of questions. Because the first thing you said to me when we talked about this movie was, "It's like Tucker and Dale." Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I said, "If it's Tucker and Dale, except Tucker and Dale is funny." Okay, and I and I'd agree with that now, for sure. And I have two thoughts about that so i had to do i had to dig and did, do a little research tucker and dale came out tucker and dale versus evil for everyone if you haven't seen it good movie go watch it um was came out in december of 2010 now if you look at imdb it says i didn't come to come here to die it says 2010 but if you scroll down and look at the release date it says january 2012 so if it was made in 2010 and didn't come out till 2012, it's very doubtful that it was ripping off Tucker and Dale. It probably just happy coincidence. Yeah. It was made closer to 2012. It's very possible <laughs> that they saw Tucker and Dale. I'll tell you what movie they definitely saw Grindhouse. <laughs> For a number of reasons that I'll come back to. Um, if I have to find out after the fact in your genre description that you are a horror comedy, you're probably not a comedy. Yeah, see, I went into it hearing it was a horror comedy and watching it, I was like, where is the comedy? I was like, what? And where's the horror kind of too? It's just horror I get. But I watched it and I was like, okay, little horror movie, whatever. And then I read on the description that it's supposed to be a horror comedy and i was like what <laughs> like i shouldn't have imdb shouldn't tell me that your movie should tell me that because i'm laughing or at least smiling and that exactly. is not the case so <laughs> um <clears throat> look it is what it is it's it's a super cheap movie made by some friends thrown together we've had a bunch of them on this show some are good some are bad they honestly probably filmed it in three, four days. Like, this did not take them very long. Possibly one day. They certainly didn't shoot at night because all the night scenes are just shot during the day and then very badly color corrected to look like night so everything is blue. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that... I thought, I, I thought it was, like, just so dark that the camera had no clue what to do. Like, no, it was, I'm guessing like, they couldn't afford... They couldn't afford a night shoot. They couldn't afford the lights. It's a pain in the ass to shoot at night, and that's fine. 
but there's ways to go about it because this wasn't like oh it's dark but we're lit because there's a scene where Sophia's sitting in a camp chair reading a book and it's pitch black outside like, how, I, I, how are you reading that <laughs> I put that in my notes I was like is she reading in the dark like what is she doing she's reading well she's reading in broad daylight and they just but she threw, didn't know that she didn't know they were going to put that into a night scene probably threw a nighttime filter on it God. um just like they throw mostly pretty much just at the very very beginning and the very very end which then why bother they throw this grindhouse filter over where it's like film scratches and like film judders off of the yeah 35 millimeter film it did it a couple times in between too and it's so you either commit to the bit and do it the entire movie or don't fucking bother yeah I, all this is telling me is because if you look at something like Grindhouse, that is Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, who are old enough to have actually watched Grindhouse films when they came out in the 70s. This is someone who isn't old enough, I'm, I'm betting, to have seen any of those, but saw Grindhouse. <laughs> I like that. And I know he's a Robert Rodriguez fan, because the girl who plays Sophia, I was like, she vaguely looks for, unlike anyone else in this movie. She vaguely, sort of maybe looks familiar where have I seen her. And if you look up her IMDb, she was in Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror, Sin City, Sin City 2. Uh, wow. How'd she end up in that? Machete. And the From Dust Till Dawn TV show. So she's very much a Robert Rodriguez stable of sorts. Yeah. Although always kind of small roles. Well, so that tells me 100% who, the guy who made this saw all of Rodriguez movies and went, I like that girl. I got to get her. And it was filmed in Texas. She's probably from Texas. Robert Rodriguez is from Texas. So yeah, I'm a movie detective. I can follow yeah. the crumbs. You put them together. Figure your bullshit yeah. out. But the thing I wrote yeah. at the beginning with the filter, that grain filter, I was like, I, I wrote in my notes, I was like, God, I hope they don't use this grain filter the whole movie. Because it, it's fine for, like, Grindhouse and stuff. Obviously, they make it work. But this was just so... It was so distracting. And then I was so glad they changed it. But then it's a worse grain filter, almost. It's But it's just... Again, if you're not gonna... If you're just teasing it at the beginning and then you come back to it slightly at the end and not really in the middle, then you're not like like I said, commit to the bit. Either do it or shit or get off the pot. Don't <laughs> you know don't have uh aspirations to be a thing and then not even try to follow through. Exactly. But yeah. No thank you on the grindhouse filter. So we let's just dive into it. We start at the end, as in media res as some movies do. Mm -hmm. Um we start at the end and we know we'll get back to whatever this was when we get to the end of the movie. Um, there's a deputy who's getting out of his truck. He's got his gun drawn. He's looking real nervous. Grindhouse effects everywhere. There's a body laying in the middle of the road with, with what looks like, we'll find out later it's not, I, I don't think. But what looks for all the world to me like he's covered in a bunch of ice cubes. <laughs> Is that what you thought it was? Like I thought like... It's supposed to be chunks of Yes. I no, I guess I didn't I didn't think of that, but 
now that I think about it, like, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I didn't think that's of what it. These like, chunks of glass are shaped like. Yeah. Which is not. We'll come to find out he was hit by a windshield, which does not even really break when he gets hit by it, and certainly wouldn't <laughs> break into large chunks like that. I mean, they pebble, but not like that. So it yeah. looks like someone yeah. was walking along with a big gulp and just dumped it on his body and kept walking. Pour <laughs> um, one out for him quick. On to him. And yes. Um, yeah, so the deputy finds like what's going on, and then there's an eyeless girl in a white dress. And I, I mentioned the wardrobe because I, I feel it would be important later. Um, yeah, there's a girl with no eyes. Um, and so you're like, what the hell is, you know, you're supposed to be, yeah. what's going on with that? Um, and this, and this is also our first night for day color correction. And it just doesn't look like it's makes everything muddled. Everything's you're squinting to see what you're even looking at. It looks disgusting. It's a pretty bad start. Yeah. For like looks wise, it looks not a good opening. Um, now we kept we cut to the actual beginning of the story. We have this this volunteer group. I'm guessing this is a sort of their take on AmeriCorps. Do you know what that is? I think so. Yeah, it's like a it's a company that sends out volunteers to do stuff like this that we see in the movie. Yeah. But you hear from people that like, oh, it was not fun or cool. Like it's not <laughs> uh, I'm sure I haven't heard anything negative about the organization itself, so I'm not, you know, don't sue me. But yeah, um, the movie's version of this is volunteers in America generating goodwill, which is way too long a name, which is why they shortened it to VG Vag. Is that the comedy of the movie? Is that is that joke? I'm sure it landed somewhere. For somebody. Um, yeah, so we have Sophia, the leader of the group, who's who's driving the van. They're all piled in one van to go to whatever the site is. So I don't know. I don't know the organizational structure of AmeriCorps. I don't know why. I guess carpooling is important. I guess. Um, who's yeah? It's Emmy Dobbin is the actress's name. She was in all the movies I listed earlier. Um, there is Miranda, who's like a tryhard. Cody dork yeah and anything sophia says she's like yeah guys listen to her and like repeats it and like she wants really badly to be the next sophia this group yeah um there's chris who's a creepy weirdo <laughs> slash asshole slash just the worst regroup has uh, Julie, who seems like kind of a nerd girl, but she's also like a mean girl because her and Chris are like buddy buddy in this gas. They stop at a gas station. And it's like, wait, it's our last stop for fifty miles. Everybody, buy what you got to buy, make your phone calls, whatever. And Julie and uh, Chris are standing there making fun of Miranda for having a mom ass. Yeah, Julie's like she's an epic mom ass. She's the ass of a forty year old housewife. <laughs> what happened to? Ladies helping ladies. Like, what are you? Yo, why is she attacking this girl for? When she does the same thing, 
given, I mean, we don't get a ton of character development with any of these characters, obviously, other than slight bits of backstory that are supposed to make us go, oh, now I understand them fully as a sketched out person, which not really, but um, I'm, I'm thinking that Julia is into Chris. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. This is the first of prob- of two times that she's going to be a bit jealous of Miranda and how she, yeah. her and Chris interact. So, but it's just not cool, man. Like you should be, I'm not saying all women should be the same necessarily, but if, if you're standing next to some dude who you also just met, I assume, and he's talking shit about a woman's looks, you're not supposed to join in. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to I don't know. Um, there's Danny, ostensibly the hero of the piece, it turns out. I would have thought it was Sophia, but not so much. Um, oh, yeah. disappears. Who's outside calling his girlfriend, which, is it gay to have a girlfriend? Because That one with Steve, right? Was it Steve or Danny calling the girlfriend? I thought it was Danny. Maybe it's Steve. Because Steve is talking very similar looking. What's that? Danny and Steve are very similar looking gentlemen. Yeah. I think Danny goes and talks to Sophie and he's like, sorry about the headphones. I forgot I had them on. You're right. Okay, so it's Steve. Yeah, Steve's like a good little Christian boy. He's got a girlfriend back home. Mm-hmm. Volunteering because he loved volunteering at church so much. So you're right. Exactly. Yeah, he's just the perfect little Christian man. But I ask if having a girlfriend is gay because upon seeing Steve on the phone with his girlfriend, Chris calls him, and this is, you'll have to excuse me, this is his wording, not mine. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, faggy McTastic. <laughs> Cementing freaking... Cementing his stature as an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. But also, like, are you calling your girlfriend? He has a girlfriend. What? Why is he an absolute? You're like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. It's just what? You'd be a little jealous, probably. Ah, uh, yeah, that could be. <clears throat> so Chris sneakily buys some beer to sneak in. They're not supposed to have alcohol at the work site, campsite, what have you. Um, not that sneakily because he gets caught like <laughs> immediately. Like, how did you not think Sophie was going to notice the giant brown paper bag you're coming out with? <laughs> but she lets it slide, so I guess she didn't have to be that sneaky. <clears throat> so their whole thing is so they drive out into the boonies out in the woods, which is yeah, 50 miles from this gas station. So this is the closest thing. <clears throat> And they are setting up a campsite or a campground. I guess I was thinking a campground, but they're not building any buildings necessarily. They're just trees and things for a campsite for underprivileged youth. Yeah, that's what I got was like a a summer camp type place. Yeah, so they're going to clear out a couple trails and they're going to make some sort of amphitheater. Yeah. They say, which I don't know what that would even involve, digging a pit and making some benches. I don't know. Or what their time frame for getting this done is. They're going to be there for 
days or weeks. <clears throat> At one point, Danny says a year. I think a year is like the time your sort of contract with oh but not at this place volunteer group not necessarily in this one spot okay that makes more sense <clears throat> so oh, one more thing before uh before we like completely get into like their campsite spot they all julie also says at the gas station she's like eating a swedish fish i think and she goes gummies yeah. are gay gummies. and it's like what yeah, there's already some weird gay panic slash homophobia stuff, which, okay, they're young, they're college kids or whatever. But also, this is 2012. This didn't come out in the 80s. It's 2012. Like, yeah. I know we weren't as keenly aware as we are now, but you still knew better than that. Like, so I'm. But it's, there's also something to be said for is this the way you're having the characters talk because we're supposed to not like them immediately? Yeah. I don't know. But. A, I think there's better ways to go about it. B, you shouldn't, unless they are immediately the villain of the movie, we're, you, you want us to at least, you want to at least attempt for us to like them so that we oh, care yeah. when they die. Yeah. So you're already setting up characters and like, I hope they do die, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the plan. They're going to be camping here and roughing it. Well, not super rough, and they got some pretty decent. They got a coffee, uh, you know, like a fire top coffee maker thing. They yeah. got nice tents. Everybody, everybody's got their own tent. Um, yeah, they're just going to be clearing brush and cutting down stuff, making this trail, making this amphitheater, setting up campsites. Sophia mentions that the money for this project was donated by the parents of a murdered girl, which seems like, oh, here we go. We're hinting at like. This is a haunted woods situation. Yeah, it's going to be haunted. It comes to nothing. Mm -mm. And she never says specifically, like, we're building it here because this is where the girl was murdered, and that's why her parents weirdly want the campsite here. Yeah. But still, just throwing that info out there. And have nothing come of it. And have nothing come, yeah. So it's throwing little red herrings about things that never come to anything. Um, <clears throat> they're having a, a get to know each other sort of a quote unquote nighttime campfire mm-hmm. again not nighttime and they're all kind of telling they're all you know oh what's your deal why are you here why are you here um, Chris continued sexual harasser that he is is like I'm just Oh, a buddy of mine did this a couple years ago, and he said all he just got pussy all the time. Yeah. And basically says to Sophia, like, and you're my target, like, you're next. Yeah. Like, in no uncertain terms, it's like, I'll be fucking you soon. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely will not. But, like, you just met this, like, what a scumbag. You just met this person, and you're talking like it's like not, it's not the best approach i'd say to no <laughs> if that's his goal he's not doing it he's not doing anything very well to succeed has this worked for you before i mean well, <laughs> yeah but I, it maybe i maybe it has i knew a guy once who i swear to god i watched him walk up to a woman and say nice shoes want to fuck and they did 
So it's not, <laughs> outside realm, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but you know, it's still wow. not. <laughs> no way to talk to that's just crazy <laughs> let alone one you don't know Jeez. um there's yeah here's where steve explains the churchy stuff nobody else really has anything yeah anything sort of to say in this introductory thing because now we jump to the yes so Danny is Danny's up early making coffee. Sophia gets up early, goes to go pee in the woods. Um, she sees him. He's doing some sort of a trick with a ring and a neck. Well, necklace is generous. It's chain like like the like dog tags are on. I don't even know what you would call that. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like the little just metal beads. Chain, I, think. I think a chain is is red. Um, and he's doing a tr- not even magic trick, but like a trick where if you angle the ring right from the outside of the thing it, of the chain it winds up hanging on it when you let it go she's very impressed with this and he's getting a little cozy showing her how to do it um uh, that's kind of all there is of that scene then it's night again <laughs> yeah it just it's much done day it like one. says here's whatever and then it's just like oh everyone did their stuff it's night now waste no time we don't see them working at all that day, so I don't know what they did between the morning coffee and the that night's drinking. But yeah, there there was no in between. So Chris Chris is grabbing everybody to go to a different campfire, a ways away from Sophia, so they won't get caught to drink this beer that he bought. Um, and he's taking everybody except. Sophia and Miranda and Miranda's like, hey, why can't I come? Very much the kid, you know, the little the little sister wants to tag along. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, no, you're too square and you're just gonna go tattle to Sophia because you're a brown noser, you know. And she says, I'm not gonna tattle, and then immediately tattles. Twenty <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> we cut from her saying, I'm not gonna tattle. It's not coming. To tattling. But Sophia's pretty nonplussed about the, the next like, scene. Adam. Yeah, she's like, I don't. No, they're not supposed to drink. I don't love it, but like, whatever. She's kind of. They're not like, doing good. Here's when this is. Good. This is when she's reading in the dark. Oh. Yeah. Um. Uh. So since Sophia didn't care, Miranda, literally and figuratively, lets her hair down. And follows over to drink with the rest of the group. Um, immediately begin. Well, I guess Danny walks off first. Danny's like, oh, I'm not feeling so good. You guys have fun. And walks off because now here's his chance to go be alone with Sophia. Mm-hmm. So he wanders off. He has his own like flask, which presumably has harder stuff than beer in it, I would hope. And uh, oh, there. offers it to Sophia, and she accepts. And he tells her the uh, <clears throat> truth about his friend. Because, well, I guess around the campfire thing, the sharing time, he had said the reason he was here was because 
he had a best friend and they were supposed to travel the world and write about it together but then his friend got sucked into a pyramid scheme and so it all fell apart which i thought was which i thought was so like why say a pyramid scheme like in a lie about your like that just seems so well i thought he was going to say cult or that pyramid scheme was a euphemism for a cult and that that was maybe them laying more sort of red herring track of like oh he's got a buddy who's gonna Uh, hear about that again no you won't no yeah it it to me the pyramid scheme thing just seemed so odd like out of it was just like a random explanation and it was just like okay whatever man whatever about your friend i don't care (laughs) yeah and i don't know if that's just like meh writing or if it's supposed to be comedy writing and it's bad yeah delivered poorly maybe funny but then (laughs) literally like what is it five minutes later he just says like oh it wasn't a pyramid scheme yeah Yeah, when he's got sophia alone he admits that he did have this friend but he watched his friend drown and couldn't help him and also my entire family was killed in a car wreck that i was in and was thrown from the vehicle so i feel like everyone i touched died. (laughs) like shit got real heavy and real like so fast so fast you literally met this girl yesterday but, but it works it works a lot better than chris's chris's approach because they immediately begin making out oh yeah she Stuff comes and sits on his lap in like a pity like oh that's a terrible story let me make you feel better oh. exactly <laughs> and shoves her tongue down his throat like hey man whatever but i mean you're free to do that but it's been a day <laughs> so clearly that's the better the sob story is the better approach than then oh i'm here being an asshole <laughs> i'm here for the badge that's that's i can't yeah so back at the drinking circle there's more attempted making out going on because miranda is like i heard you guys talking about my ass and you think oh chris you think she's a little tipsy maybe very quickly you you know you think i'm such a dork and you think you're such hot shit and if you came here to fuck, well, then, like, start with me, because here I am. She gets on and she, like, straddles him, and she's like, and he's like, ooh, get off me. <laughs> well, Julie pushes her off and is like, go away, mom ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which is, again, I think is her being je- maybe jealous. Yeah. Maybe. This is the last we'll hear of it, so who knows? I guess that's a character trait of sorts. Um. Yeah, so Julie pushes her off. Back at in the makeout tent, we got some real coitus interruptus going on. Because yeah. <laughs> Danny and uh, Sophia are in the tent. Um, and she... Look, I am a connoisseur of boobs. So... I don't mind it. There's a lot. There's there's a lot going on with with as far as nudity in movies is concerned. Yeah, because there's always the you know, especially 
the old, the further back you go, it's like, okay, how much of that was like consented and how much of that is, you know, exploitative. I feel like now where we are currently 2020, 2021, if you're seeing a woman's breast in a movie, she's probably keen to do it. I don't think, I don't think as certainly in bigger budget movies that anyone's being forced to do anything they don't want to do. But there's always that sketchy feeling around it. That said, as someone who likes boobs, <laughs> um, this is kind of a nice little throwback to all the Friday the 13th movies and things where it's like, oh, you have a camping horror movie, you have to have boobs in it. It's just oh, yeah. the rules. I don't make the rules. So I feel like that's what this is. It's real quick, little, because yeah, she takes her shirt off. It's like for a second and a half maybe and then it so i don't then it... i don't i don't love it in concept i appreciate it as an art form <laughs> 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 um it is what it is it's that kind of movie i guess um but yeah they are interrupted oh, yeah. hear miranda screaming and the reason miranda screaming is because we have our first <laughs> Tucker and Dale, like you said, esque accident where Miranda now being rejected and pushed around by Julie um, goes to storm off. She's shouting at them. I don't, I have a great ass. You don't even know. Turns around face first into a tree branch and takes a weird, like this tree wasn't there a second ago. So I don't know, but whatever. And catches like a twig, a large twig. In her eyeball. And she snaps the makeup, off and still sticking out of her eyeball. <laughs> and the makeup is like good, kinda. Like it it actually didn't look terrible. But I think that's partly because it's just so dark, darkened down. Well, that probably helps. Um yeah, the makeup, the the gore effects, the couple that there are aren't bad. Pretty decent. Decent for for a movie with because I think this I I think it was a hundred thousand dollars this movie cost. Yeah, so, you know you got one you got a couple buddies that are good at good at that kind of makeup effect. You can go pretty far on a low budget, mm -hmm. but yeah, not not the best I've ever seen, but I've certainly seen worse. Um, so yeah, she just put her eye out. She's got and she's screaming. So Sophie and Danny come running over. Sophia's going to take Miranda and their one sat phone, this is important, and drive her to the hospital. They've already said that cell phones don't work out here, like, at all. Um, she leaves Danny in charge, which, it's a good thing nobody else knows what's, what was going on a minute ago, or they would be screaming nepotism and favoritism, because she doesn't really have any reason to choose him. <laughs> Aside from he seems the most mature and capable, maybe. But yeah, he has a magic trick, so he can lead the group. Well, he's not a sexual harasser. He's not a loudmouth nerd girl, and he's not. I mean, but why not? You could have picked Steve. He seems like you know, he's a decent little church boy. Yeah, he'd do a good job, maybe. But he maybe just seems a little too goofy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I think if they knew that you were about to fuck him, they would question your choice of <laughs> why you picked him. But 
So Danny gives her the ring and chain thing before she leaves. So clearly they have connected maybe maybe more on his on his side than hers, who knows. Um well, no, I think we'll kind of figure it out cuz she comes back wearing the thing around her neck. So it was more than just lust maybe. They actually have begun to develop a, a relationship. But he gives her this ring and necklace that'll be important. Leaves him in charge. He's waking everybody up, banging pans together. All right, let's get to work. And they're like, why? Sophia's not here. Let's just let's just jerk off. Like, what? <laughs> let's sit around. And he's like, no, 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 no. She left me in charge. We got to get this done. I'm not going to disappoint her. So let's get to work. And nobody's and happy. Like, Nobody wants to do it. They don't see it more. Danny and Chris are very much at odds because Danny kind of blames Chris. He's like, look, Miranda wouldn't even have had that accident if she hadn't been drinking. She's only drinking because you snuck beer in here. Says the guy who was carrying around a flask. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you have a yeah. pretty high horse you're on, buddy. But, <laughs> you know, and Chris is like, hey, it's not my fault. She did that to herself, but... So even though they are at odds, he's like, okay, me and Chris are going to go build this amphitheater. So Julie and Steve, you're in charge. Take the chainsaws and all of your safety equipment, which Sophia already warned us about at the beginning, and go start clearing the trail that we have to make that leads from one place to another or whatever. <clears throat> so Danny uh, tries attempts to extend an, an olive branch. He's like, "Look, I don't want, I don't want to have a terrible year hanging out with you, Chris. Let's, you know, bury the hatchet. Just, you know, no hard feelings. Let's shake on it." Chris begrudgingly kind of does it, and then tells him the story of like, "Man, you are not going to believe what Miranda was doing last night. Like she was being before she put her eye out, she was all over me in this just guy talk." Yeah, yeah, that good old guy talk that's never. <laughs> Danny does not reciprocate by sharing what he was doing at the time, so <laughs> he still doesn't. Chris still isn't his buddy or anything. So, Julie and Steve. Yeah, they're cutting down trees, cutting down. Well, it looks to us like they're just cutting branches. Off, low-hanging branches off of trees. Yeah. But, um, Julie's not wearing her safety. She has her goggles on, but no helmet, no safety gear. And Steve tries to tell her, like, hey, man, you're going to kill yourself. It's like, you got to wear your helmet and stuff. Which, I mean, could you be more obvious the second he says that, like, mm -hmm. oh, well, okay. I know it's <laughs> yeah, you know it's going to happen. <clears throat> Especially, he even, he even ends up saying, all right, it's your face. And it's like, come on, come on. Which, again, is that supposed to be the comedy? Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's supposed to be funny. It's not, I didn't find it funny. It's just really obvious signaling of what's, like, it would be so much more effective. It would, because the thing, part of what made Tucker, Tucker and Dale is funny. I hate to keep comparing the two, but. It's what first came to both our minds. Mm -hmm. Tucker Dale is actually funny, has a good cast, 
But the deaths in that movie are surprises that you don't see coming. You're like, holy shit, did that just happen? Whereas mm-hmm. this, it's so telegraphed. And so, like, if you don't know what's about to happen, maybe stop watching movies because they're not, <laughs> because this is so obvious. Of course, the obvious thing happens. She starts messing around with it instead of, you know, watch me do it in slow-mo. I'm killing zombies, blah, blah, blah. And hits a branch above her. And I guess it makes her drop it. Yeah, I didn't get that part. It's really clumsily done. It's like, oh, it's stuck above my head. And then it like just cuts to it in her face. And I was like, huh. (laughs) Dropped it straight into down into her face. But either way, she takes a chainsaw to the face. Her face is kind of cut in half. She's still alive. And the chainsaw has stopped, I guess, because it hit bone. Um, Steve turns around and notices, comes to help, tries to pull it out. And this, yeah, this is a pretty decent gore effect. I and mean, he can't pull it out. It just lifts her whole head up off the ground. It's stuck so good. Yeah. So he gets the bright idea. And he says to her, I have to turn it back on to pull it out. Like, I need to, like, to get it out. To run it to get it out, yeah. I have to run it, which is, dude, come on. I'm on right now, but you have to know this is a bad idea. Exactly. So she's been screaming this whole time, and Danny and Steve haven't heard it because they have either earplugs or headphones in. Mm-hmm. And Chris takes was out to say something to Danny and hears the scream. He's like, oh shit. And he throws his gloves at Danny to get his attention and they take off running. And they get there just in time to see Steve attempting his extraction of this chainsaw, turning it on and just cutting the rest of the way through her head. And, and that's right in half. It cuts back to that um that that filter again that like didn't it? Yeah. I swear, like for the one shot of Steve covered in blood, it is that. Yeah, it probably did. Which, yeah, I guess this is this is our grindhousiest moment. Time to put the filter back on. Yeah, and it's a halfway decent. I mean, it's a real quick shot. It's a fairly decent gore effect where it doesn't look like it's not like bad CG or something with computer animated blood squirting out or something. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a dummy head, but it's pretty well done. But yeah, he cuts through this thing like birthday cake, just right down the middle. Um, to the point that it's when we see her body later and we see her face, the wound that we see later doesn't look nearly as bad as it should be. Mm-hmm. When we see it later, it's like she oh, had like, oh, a, like her face is sort of cut in half. But this, he like he takes one half of her head off, like just off completely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty decent effect, pretty gross, but it's the only, and it's obviously like the money shot for the movie because it's on, depending on which poster you find, it's the poster for the movie. It's like, this was clearly like, wait till you see the chainsaw scene. It was like, this is what the money went into, right? Yeah. But it's kind of the only, I guess there's the eyeball thing, but that's so fast too. Like it's. Yeah. As far as the horror stuff goes, not, you know, if this is all you got, I don't know if it was worth, because this is at, it should be noted, this is at the 40 minute mark of the movie. We've gone through it pretty fast. 
But it took 40 mm-hmm. minutes of unlikable characters sitting around a campfire bullshitting to get to this point. So your patience is a little thin. <laughs> um, yeah, Danny and Steve run in just in time to see him standing over her with a whirring blood chainsaw with blood flying all over him. And obviously, think the worst. <laughs> because why wouldn't you? In fact, the fact that they don't tackle him and tie him up is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, why are you just standing there? Like, they were pretty chill about it. Just. Yeah, they're like, hey, what happened, dude? And he's like, it was an accident. And he's like, I can fix it. I can put it back together. Like, he's immediately, like, in so much shock. Oh, he's traumatized. And Chris, of course, the tactful one is like, no, I'm pretty sure she's fucking dead, dude. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, still, I don't know. I would still, there would be more of a conversation of like, okay, he says it's an accident, but. Like we walked in. Well, on what him. the hell happened? Like what actually happened? Like we just watched him. Even if they didn't see him actually cut through her head, he's still standing over her with a bloody chainsaw. Like I'm gonna need more. I'm gonna need some some kind of proof somehow because this is a shady situation. Steve has understandable PTSD, and is just sitting uh-huh. in his. And he doesn't even wash the blood off. He's still covered in dry dried blood. Sitting in his tent, shaking, talking to himself about how it wasn't his fault. And he starts seeing shadowy monsters outside his tent, which is a kind of a cool little subtle effect. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the movie, since we still don't know what the hell is this movie, you would be forgiven for thinking like, oh, is there an actual thing out there? Like, like a is, monster. Is, is this where the haunted girl thing starts to come into effect? But no, yeah. it's just his imagination, because we see that it's branches outside, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. And it's just his, that's how traumatized and PTSD is, is he's seeing things and hearing things. But it also feels like it is kind of trying to nudge in this idea of, like, maybe there is supernatural something going on. Still, yeah. it's late point in the game, but there isn't. So, it's like, don't bother with that. Just... We know what's going on. <clears throat> Just keep up that. He runs off into the woods. Um, it's the next oh. day. Go ahead. It's, he, he runs into the woods, and then he starts to see the Julie, but she's, like, wearing a gas mask. Yeah, he's What really- is that about? I guess it's what is that about? I guess it's supposed to be scary because ooh, gas masks are scary, but it's not like it's not scary. It just looks like whatever. And it doesn't make sense either. It's just like why a gas mask? Like she had a chainsaw to the face. What's a gas mask have to do with anything? It's supposed to be creepy image. I cannot hear you again. There it is. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah, so he runs up in the woods. It's the next morning. They wake up, and they're like, oh, shit, Steve is gone. We better go find him. They find mm-hmm. him up a tree that he has climbed, and they're trying to talk him down out of the tree and telling him, look, okay, we get it. It wasn't your fault. Like, let's, you know, we'll handle this. We'll wait for Sophia to get back, and we'll, you know, 
go yeah. find the help we need for this. Um, but he's not having it, and they know they see that he has, I guess, a rope around it. It looks like a bungee cord to me, which is the least has to be the least effective hanging tool since it stretches. But maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those climbing ropes. Yeah, possibly. But then he jumps out of this tree. They can't save him, and he hangs himself out of guilt and trauma and all of that. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. they have two dead bodies on their hands. Back at camp, Chris and Danny are arguing about what to do. Chris gets to say the title of the movie, which you always want. You always want to be the character who gets to say the title of the movie. He says, I didn't come here to yep. die or go to jail. Um, well, he had said, I guess we forgot to mention, he had said at some point earlier in the movie, I'm just kidding about the I only came here to fuck girls thing. I'm actually here for community service. Because he got in some sort of legal trouble and this is his punishment. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, for me, we'll get to it, but for me, that will raise more questions than answers. Um, or, no, it's here that he says it. He says it's Danny. He's like, I'm not really here. That's why I'm here, because I'm on community service. We're not calling the cops. Hold on, buddy. And this will become more and more important as the movie goes on. What crime could you possibly have committed that you only got community service for, but you are so scared of being punished for <laughs> that it's preferable to cover up two, de- two dead bodies? Like, his thing is, like, we're going to bury the bodies and we're never going to tell anybody about this. Like, what you're doing has to be worse than whatever it was you got in trouble for before, because all you got for whatever you did before was community service, which is what they give out for, like, oh, you littered. Or like oh you ten on your speed yeah you know so it couldn't have been anything too terrible it certainly yeah. couldn't have already murdered somebody certainly could have been as bad as accessory to two deaths and then defiling of a corpse and improper burial and all of that stuff exactly. so I don't know where his head is at on this <laughs> I don't I don't think he's thinking this through um, I remember in his rant. In his like little ramble to Danny, he's like just saying like I, when he says the title of the movie, he's like, "I didn't come here to die all this." And then he he says the line. I put it in quotes because I thought it was so funny. This is like the one comedy part. It goes, "Maybe we want to drink some blood and fuck some corpses." And he's just, and I was like, "What are you talking about, bro? You just witnessed this. You are not that but- in trouble." Yeah, he's saying that, like, that's what people will think when they see this. When the cops get here, they're going to see this and think that that's what we were up to. Yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot easier to explain two dead bodies than the two dead bodies we buried to hide. (laughs) Just don't touch anything. In fact, don't (laughs) don't even take Steve down from that tree. Leave his ass hanging there. Mm-hmm. Not disturb the crime scene whatsoever is way better than dragging them off into the woods and burying them. <laughs> like you are compounding your problems, which is what Danny doesn't want to do. Danny, he's we're gonna wait for Sophia to get back, and then we're gonna go get help. Yeah, and he'll change his tune on that in a big way by the end of the movie. But um, 
So Danny wanders off into the woods to shout for help to no one because he knows they're in a remote. Who is he calling? He's like, help, somebody help. To who? Supposedly Sophia, maybe, like hoping she's on her way back. But why in the woods? Like take the road back. Yeah. Go to where you know she parked last time and you, she's going to park when she comes back and wait there for her. <laughs> wandering through the woods shouting for help that you know is not coming because you're 50 miles from the closest gas station. Like, But while he's gone, he needed to be gone because it gives Chris a chance to do what he wants to do, which is bury these bodies, whether Dan, Danny likes it or not. Um, <clears throat> so he buries Steve and he's getting ready to bury Julie and then he starts like touching her face wound and like talking to himself so he's now snapped as well he's going crazy yeah he's having a full psychotic break like he's just some weird himself, stuff around the body talking to himself talking yeah, to crack, julie yeah cracking jokes to the i guess the ghost of julie i don't know but <laughs> he beats down and like he touches where her face is cut in half so he's really I hate to imagine how much further this would have gotten if he weren't interrupted. Yeah, I really, I, I, the mind. Maybe, of he, was, maybe he did come to fuck some corpses. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. And that, I don't think we were it. not far off from it. Um, but so yeah, Sophia returns just in time to see Chris in the middle of his psychotic break. Because she's standing there with a knife going, you like explain to me what's going on because you're standing over a dead body touching it. Um, he's trying to talk his way, not talk his way out of it because he didn't do anything really yet anyway. Um, he's trying to explain to her like, no, it was an accident. And then Steve hung himself and she's like, well, where's Danny? And he's like, he went to get help, which doesn't sound very believable. He did. It's just that how, that's how stupid him wandering around the woods calling for help is she doesn't believe yeah Chris and when he does did not sound convincing through any of it she's not buying it and she, she is wearing it should be noted she's wearing the ring and on the chain around her neck that Danny gave her so she you know she didn't put it in her pocket or leave it in the van like she's wearing this thing mm. she's she's into it <laughs> Um, while this is happening, Danny stumbles upon the van, like, you know, where he should have been in the first place. Mm -hmm. A lot of this could have been averted if he had just been in if that spot. Just yeah. Instead of wandering around. But he sees the van, so he's like, oh shit, Sophia's back. Runs back to camp. But before he gets there, um, she pulls out the sat phone and she's like, just don't even, like, Chris just stopped talking. I'm just going to call the police. You don't even need to talk to me right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where Danny is. As far as I know, maybe you killed Danny and you killed all of these people, but I'm calling the police. <laughs> and it's at that point that he decides, and, you know, partially because he's clearly having uh, some mental issues at the moment, but also now, now is where he... He commits murder. He knocks her off the shovel, then bashes her face in with a rock. There goes Sophia. Exit left, stage left from the movie. <laughs> Who's our final girl? She's not. 
which again, what were you so afraid of that this is preferable to? Because now you have... Forget, now, you, now you are the murderer. Yes, forget accessory to an accidental homicide and a suicide and covering up, you know, you've actively killed someone now. How can that possibly be better than whatever gave you community service? It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, like, now you're going to jail, dude. <laughs> um, it takes Danny long enough to get back to camp that when he gets there, Sophia's body is not there. And he's like, oh, hey, Danny, what, like, what are you... Oh, I see you're burying the body. He's like, I asked you not to. Whatever. Sophia's back. Have you seen her? He's like, no, I haven't seen her. But Danny looks down on the ground and sees the ring and chain in a little puddle of blood. So he knows Sophia not only came back, but has been killed and removed from sight already. So the jig is up on that one. Um. <clears throat> So he he takes off running into into the woods. Now you have Chris with an axe walking through the woods and calling out for Danny. Like it's clearly it's a man with an axe calling out for somebody named Danny in a in a an unusual voice. It's very clearly referencing The Shining, but don't do that. <laughs> Don't, yeah. don't remind me of a movie I would rather be watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so Danny gets the jump on him, chokes him out with the necklace and chain that he picked up. Um, and runs back to camp. Chris isn't out for very long. He gasps and wakes up goes after Danny again. Danny winds up hitting him with the shovel and then we don't get much of a gore effect on it, but puts the shovel on his neck and stomps on it. Yeah. Danny yeah, you that. Put the head off. Yeah. So now Chris has a problem because okay, and this is really important because I just thought of it now, but I didn't notice maybe because I was writing down notes or something. Did the sat phone get smashed? I'm not sure. I'm guessing Chris probably broke it after he killed Sophia. Or hit it. I'm Because I'm wondering if there was like a little insert shot of him smashing the sat phone with the shovel or something. Yeah. That would help explain why Danny does what he does. Well, no, it still wouldn't really explain it. Even if he can't call for help, his best option would be to jump in the van and drive away and go find help. Is that yeah, what he does? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> what he does is load five bodies. Five, right? Sophia, Jenny, four. Four. Four bodies in various forms, various states of mutilation mm -hmm. into this van and drive away. For what purpose? I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to pull up to the closest police station you find and say, come look at what I got out here. You're not going to fucking believe it. <laughs> like, hey, I got four bodies. That's way harder come to explain than come back to campsite. There's been a horrible tragedy. Yeah. 
So I don't know what the hell he's thinking either. So like like Tucker and Dale, and probably a couple other movies too, this is a movie about mistakes were made. Other than Chris killing mm-hmm. Sophia and Danny killing Chris in retaliation, the deaths are, well, I guess the guy hung, there's really only one accidental kind of death, but that's what kicks everything off. One Miranda's eyes and accident. It's people through their own stupidity and clumsiness harming themselves. Yeah. Which is what Tucker Dale is completely. Um, so we have two of those, but then some actual murders thrown in. But it's not, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> but I just don't know why on the why in the world you would pack this van full of bodies. It doesn't. And then he he kind of casually drives away. It's not like he's not looking for help or anything. He's just gets in the car and it seems like he's just gonna go on his way almost. Doesn't look like he's going for help. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be in it. Well, he I don't know if he's speeding or not, but he gets pulled over by the deputy from the beginning. And he's mm-hmm. the bodies are in the back sort of bench seats of this van. And he's kind of covered them up with the camping gear and stuff. So maybe you couldn't see them when you look through the windows. So that's fine. This scene is crazy. Because this deputy <laughs> pulls him over. And uh, Danny immediately starts like banging his head on the steering wheel. And like, oh, what is he even saying? Something Which like, is not what you should do. No, you're not. You're not. He's going shit, shit, shit. Yeah, and like, and he's like, banging why, on the wheel. Why did I do this? And like, just saying things. You're like, not. You're not impressing upon this deputy. Oh, I was going to say you're not. You don't look good. No, you don't. That is you are innocent <laughs> at all. <laughs> even if, even if the cop doesn't look through the windows and see the bodies, he's still going to be questioning what's your deal. And you don't want an officer of the law who has pulled you over to be wondering what your deal is. Mm. Um, but it doesn't matter because this deputy is like, oh, hey, I recognize you from your pictures. Also, I knew your mom. I'm, I went to high school with your mom. I had a big crush on her, by the way, but it never happened. She wasn't into me like that. Now we're friends on Facebook. And it's like... <laughs> Slow down. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Sir? You are an officer of the law? Go about your business. If you're going to give me a ticket, if you're going to pull me out of here by my hair and throw handcuffs on me, carry on. This conversation is fucking weird. (laughs) Jesus. Also, conservatively, at best, this actor playing the deputy is maximum... 10 years older than the actor playing Danny, you did not go to school with this man's, to high school with this man's mother. <laughs> Absolutely. No, not at all. <laughs> like, you couldn't have cast someone who's a little bit older? They couldn't find anybody around? I don't know, man. But, so he's not even looking to investigate this van at all. Even when Danny, even no. when Danny says... Because the cop's like, hey, what are you doing anyway? Or what do you got in the van? 
and he goes pieces of people of uh, people stuff come on yeah. how bad of a how bad of a cop are come you is that <laughs> but he doesn't care because he went to high school he had a crush on this dude's mom in high school and he heard about the car the accident not only that and here's where it gets worse and weirder the cop starts crying because he knows how danny feels you don't because it's a very different situation danny's family was killed yeah in a car accident that was n- no one's fault the deputy proceeds to say that Back in college or whatever, he was in a car accident where he was drunk driving and killed some of his friends and put one in a wheelchair. And he still suffers from it. And he's crying to Danny about it. And this whole situation is fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if being I don't a, think Danny has any clue what. Yeah. Being a white guy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I thought you don't know. You go ahead. No, I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. Okay. Um, being a white guy who usually doesn't break the law, I don't I don't feel a particular... I don't love policemen, but I don't feel a particular fear when I get pulled over. I know I'll probably be okay. No. However, if the cop who pulls me over starts crying... <laughs> And telling me a tragic story from his past for no reason, I'm going to be scared. What about his old crush on my mom? Now I'm worried. <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> God. So now it gets even worse. He's like, hey, hop on out of the van. I want to show you something. So then he gets out. He goes, you know what will help? It helps me out. Here, take my gun. <laughs> We're going to go off to the side of the road and we're just going to shoot the gun off in the air. It'll relieve your stress. No! No! What is the number one rule of a police officer? Do not let someone (laughs) touch your gun. This is the most unprofessional piece of shit cop I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. What kind of... It's so nuts. He hands Danny the gun and then immediately gets a call on the radio that he turns around to take. And Danny is considering shooting this deputy in the back of the head. Which, again, I don't... I understand you're in a sticky situation. But every step of the way, every one of you has made this bad situation worse. Mm -hmm. This will be making it worse. Because you've You've had the misfortune of being pulled over by a cop when you have a van full of bodies. But, by some miracle, you've run into the one cop on the planet who is sympathetic with you, wanted to date your mom, and wants to give you his gun. You're not going to be in any trouble with this guy. There's no reason to shoot this man. No. Because the next cop that you meet doesn't know your mom, but he knows you shot a cop. Like, how are you making this worse? He doesn't. We have a little fake out. We hear three gunshots. And then the dry clicking of the gun. So this cop only put three bullets in his gun? Yeah. Only in the gun that he gives to the to the people that he talks that to. Might, yeah, that might be his handout to strangers gun. I only put three bullets in that one. Because I could live after three. Yeah, but we hear boom, 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 three gunshots and then click, 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 click. 
So there's only three bullets in the gun. But we cut back to, no, Danny didn't shoot the cop. He just shot in the air. And the cop's like, well, I bet you feel better now. I got to go. We got some redneck causing trouble. Bye. <laughs> and goes to drive off. <laughs> like, it's, it's just such a crazy scene. The like, emotion. I feel like it's supposed to be sort of Tarantino-esque, like, ooh, what are the chances? Like, what a, a chance encounter. But it doesn't work at all like that. It's just not realistic in any sense. And then Danny continues to, even though he did not shoot the cop, he goes up to the car and starts, like, kicking it. He's like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? What am I going to do now? And it's like, your situation is the same as before. Well, he's upset with himself that he was even considering shooting the cop, which is a good instinct. You should feel bad. Oh, yeah. You should feel stranger, but that that was your impulse. But yeah, your situation is exactly the same as it was before you got pulled over, so you're not any worse off. Um, <laughs> just don't. And then, well, before he leaves, he asks the guy, he's like, hey, why'd you pull me over? <laughs> and Deputy Dingus says, I was just bored. <laughs> Worst cop ever. <laughs> Pulling people over just because he's bored. He's telling them shooting sob stories to... <laughs> while not having the wherewithal to notice dead bodies in a van. Handing his gun to people to shoot off. Jesus. That's ridiculous. Which, I mean, I get... that This is what's supposed to be the comedy, right? Like, this is supposed to be... I mean, it is it is funny, but not in the way that they are going for, I think. It's yeah. not funny it is I'm laughing while I'm watching it. I'm laughing after the fact that how dumb it is. But that's not yeah. comedy. That's... <laughs> um, so, yeah, Danny has his little, like, freak out behind the van and then steps out from behind the van and is immediately hit by a speeding car. And now we're back at the beginning of the movie. Because the deputy's like, oh shit, that guy just got hit by a car and jumps out. The car that he's been hit by and is now covered with, I guess, glass, it still looks like ice cubes to me, was driven by Miranda, who has apparently been, in a matter of, what, two days, released from the hospital? She has... Like uh, not an eye patch, but like one bandage covering her one eye. Did she rent a car? I don't. I don't know whose car that is, and who gave her. Who gave her like permission to drive a car with one eye? Yes. Who? Where did she get the car? Because Sophia drove her in the van to the hospital and then brought the van back. So she was left at the hospital. Unless, and this is, I'm incredulous about this, unless the idea was that Sophia drove Miranda to the hospital, Miranda got all patched up, she drove Miranda home, and then Miranda took her own car to come back to camp, all in the course of a day and a half? Yeah. I. She had to have rented a car, or they just gave her a car. 
She could have stole it for all we know. She wants so bad to get out to camp. She stole a car. That could. <laughs> but like, what is the time frame here? Other than our fake night times, which we get a couple of, we don't really have a sense of how much time has passed since she got hurt. It doesn't seem that long. No, I, it seems like everything happens within like the first two days of them being there. Yeah. There is no way that she's even been released from the hospital this fast. They had to yeah. surgically remove one of your eyes. <laughs> Don't get to go. That's not a walk-in procedure. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then who decided, yeah, you're good to drive. You have no peripheral vision now because, and you're just getting accustomed to the fact that you're down an eye. But by all means, please drive at high speed through the backwoods. No doctor signing off on that, so I don't know what this situation is. It's supposed to be funny, I suppose. I guess it's kind of funny in an ironical way, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, he has been, Danny's been run over and killed by Miranda, who for some reason was dry. She's also wearing the white dress, and I said it was important, I mentioned it. Which, so, she either had that white white dress packed in her camp stuff and Sophia took it with them to the hospital, which why would you have this white dress packed in your clothes for this camping work experience? You're never going to wear that. You need to be wearing like mm-hmm. camp clothes. Mm-hmm. Or she went home and put this dress on with the express purpose of driving back to camp. Why? Yeah. Why are you wearing a white dress to go back to the campsite? It doesn't, why are you wearing this dress? Maybe, maybe she must have gone home then, and she did get her car and the dress. <sighs> Who knows, man? It doesn't. <laughs> it's all confused. It doesn't make sense at all. Um. Yeah. So Miranda gets out. We see it's her. We're like, oh shit, it's Miranda, and she immediately <laughs> walks into another tree branch and puts her other eye out. Which is why there was a there was an eyeless girl at the beginning that the deputy saw because we're back there. That explains that. That actually that's the comedy because that made me chuckle. And then roll credits. Well, cut to like a peppy, like she turns around, hits the branch, and pulls back, and her eyeball is stuck on the branch. And then cut to like this happy song and credits. Yeah, that that's kind of funny. I'll give them that. One. <laughs> That's the one time in your comedy horror comedy that I laughed. Work on the comedy. I don't know. <laughs> but that's it. That's the movie. Not on second watch, I liked it slightly more, I guess. I could kind of see what they were going for. I still don't think it's good. No. And the fact that it says comedy horror it it doesn't it doesn't fall through on the comedy part. I wish it was more of a Tucker Tucker and Dale versus Evil because great movie. Why wouldn't I want another one? You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't recommend people watch this movie unless you're someone who likes to watch the movies along with this show. I would, however, highly recommend Tucker and Dale versus Evil if you've never seen that. That's a good movie. Um, I, I kind of, in the back of my head, I kind of wonder, it's probably not the case. They probably thought, oh, we're making comedy and isn't this funny. 
But I almost have to wonder if it's something that they didn't intend as a comedy. And that's why there's the two-year gap between when they filmed it and when it came out. It's because they showed it to people and people went, oh, I see, it's a comedy. And they're like, oh, oh, it's kind of like the guy who made The Room was trying to make a very serious movie. And then only after years of people making fun of it, he was like, no, it was always a comedy. I, I knew it. I was in on the joke all the time. I, of course, it's a comedy, and I made it that way. No, you didn't. And I'm wondering if that's... <laughs> if they tried to make a straight horror movie and then showed it to people and were like, oh, shit, we made a comedy, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not, but I, I could be convinced of it. So that's it. Final thoughts on that? Uh... It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. I I enjoyed the experience of like taking notes on a movie, so I think I liked it in that sense. But otherwise, it would have been not the best. <laughs> not not worth it. As far as the super cheap movies, of which there are thousands and thousands of on Amazon, I mean, you could watch just about anything else, mm-hmm. and you're gonna find worse ones. You're gonna find better ones. It's not. It's for uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not angry that I watched it, but it definitely was not worth my time. No. <laughs> or yours, for that matter. Oh, no. I, li- I liked the experience, though. It was great. Yeah, we were glad to have you. We'll have to do it again. It's the uh, time in the episode where I push the magic button to find out what our movie for next week's episode is, chosen completely at random from everything that's streaming. Pushing the button now... Are you doing a silent drum roll? Yes, silent drum roll. Yeah. Uh, it is. Actually, before before I say what the movie is, I want to do a little announcement about what next week's episode is going to be. It's a little special, and I decided this before I knew what the movie was. I know, I know now, but um, <clears throat> past guest, Katie Jane, who was on the, epi- the uh, World's Oldest Bridesmaid episode, um, has started a YouTube channel, makeup tutorials. It's what she's really into. It's what she's really good at. We're very proud of her. Next week's episode is going to be a crossover with my guest on the podcast will be Katie Jane, and then I will be a guest on her YouTube channel as she does my makeup. She's going to apply makeup to me, practicing her great skills on my face, and also does my podcast. So it'll be a bit of a crossover. So that will be fun. But look out for that next week, people. And that movie that Katie and I will be watching is Kindness Matters. So there goes the horror streak. We had three horrors in a row, and I was hoping maybe we keep it going a little longer. I don't want to become a horror podcast necessarily. But it's nice to have a little run. But no, this appears to be a Christian movie. Again, this would be the fourth one. And so I'm either just going to turn love it into a horror podcast or a Christian movie podcast. Which <laughs> there's already enough of those, so I don't need to be one of those. So I guess a, a good balance is, I don't know, another Christian movie. Kindness Matters. It is on Amazon Prime Video. I don't know anything about it. We will find out what that's all about next week. Thank you, Mr. Ben Highmark, for being here. Where can people find you should you choose to be found? 
Uh, I have Instagram at ben.heimark, H-E-I-M-A-R-K. That's about all I got, though. All right. Well, thanks for having me also. Glad to have you. We're getting down to, I've been working through all the kids I work with at the movie theater, and I think I've only got one left. Got a couple that have been on a couple times. Now you are here. I think I've got one left. I've been talking to her, and then the circle will be complete. So, great. We're getting there. The whole gang. <laughs> and maybe one day, all right, isn't on fire. We can all get together in one room and do one instead of all separately and all of that. That'd be fun. That'd be good. That's a goal to have. All right. I am uh, at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The podcast is at that so random P2. Questions, comments, complaints, things of that nature. At uh, We have an email address, which is that's so random pod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff that I always forget to say, but I guess I'm supposed to, and it's very, very important that I do. Um, but really, at the end of the day, just if you enjoy this show at all, I know it's not the most high-class professional show, but we have fun. If you enjoy it at all, share it with your friends. Word of mouth, that's a big deal. Just say, hey, you listen to podcasts? You like movies? You like laughing? Kind of? <laughs> Give this a listen. Uh, that's all I got for this week. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, everyone else. Have a good week.